Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. This Christmas, I got a toy in my stocking. It is a clay-like putty that you can mold and shape. It's soft. It pulls apart relatively gently. And what makes it fun and unique is that this clay is intended for you to make a snowman. Which is appropriate, considering this is likely the only snowman we will see today. So what, we think? Clay to make a snowman. Why would this be something fun or unique? Well, what makes this snowman fun is that the snowman is intended to melt. The snowman melts right before our eyes, but that's okay, because once it melts, you can pick it back up and remake it again. The funny thing is, especially when I read this passage from Jeremiah, I think this is how God prefers us to be. No, not a melted snowman, but rather something that God can shape. Instead of being, I don't know, a a piece of dried up clay that is nothing but rock, I think God wants us to be soft and malleable. So I'm curious, which one of these two toys do you most identify with this morning? If we were to ask the potter how easy you are to work with, what would the potter say? Are you more like this? Or like this. One of the best pieces of advice and encouragement I've ever received was from an old campus minister. He told me, Jeff, remain teachable. It's when you stop learning and growing that your heart will grow hard. One of the ways, of course, that we remain teachable is to unlearn things, to unlearn things that we thought were right and true and correct. I've had to learn a number of things about the world most recently, about the world in Cuba. Before developing a relationship with Pastor Ernesto in the church, Many years ago, I genuinely thought and believed that there were no Christians in the communist country of Cuba. I was wrong. In going to Cuba, I found out that the church was not only 
rich and growing, I found that they were more representative of what it looks like to be a faith community infused with the Spirit of God than, than any I've seen in a long, long time. How could it be that a church, a, a collection of followers of Jesus in such extraordinary circumstances could also be full of so much joy? I had to unlearn something that I thought I knew. Something that we need to unlearn in our faith, y'all, is the idea that nothing is required of us in our faith. As strange as it may sound, our professions of faith and our baptism have become a stumbling block to our growth in our relationship with God. We learned many years ago for some of us, erroneously, that if we said yes to Jesus and were baptized in his name, that we were done. We were finished. That was the race that we were to, to run. It informed our missions and our ministry. We just needed to get children, youth, young adults, adults, to say yes to Jesus, be baptized as he was, and then everything would be fine. We were done. Guess what, y'all? These individuals, they were listening to us and they're voting with their feet. We've somehow learned in our context of being church and of being faithful that if we simply said yes to Jesus, anything else beyond that was extracurricular. I mean, it's fine that we are involved in a life of faith, but it's certainly not required of us to be in good standing with God, we tell ourselves. Oh, you golf in your free time. That's great. You're a fisherman. Nice. Where's your favorite spot? Oh, you go to church on the weekends. That's nice. Oh, us, we travel in our RV. No, you may not believe that your faith development is finished, but your actions after your baptism tell a different story. Our actions tell the story and the truth about what we really believe. So God said to his prophet Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. I have something to teach you. So Jeremiah did, and he found a potter working at his wheel. The vessel that the potter was making of clay was spoiled in his hands. You see, the clay had become misshapen. But since the clay was still in the potter's hands, and since the clay was still soft, he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. The potter reworks what's in his hands as he desires, and as, sees, as seems good and fit to him. It's God who is the potter. Right? It's we who are the clay. And when God shapes his clay, it's called discipleship. Being a disciple of Jesus means being shaped into what and to whom God wants us to be. 
This is what discipleship looks like. It's where we surrender ourselves to the potter and become something new, something more than what we've become. Being a disciple of Jesus is a process of being formed. Discipleship is not a one-time event. It's not something that you do simply on a youth retreat weekend that you may have had in our youth. That's not discipleship. Discipleship is not showing up at a prayer meeting. And discipleship is not the baptism that you experienced. Discipleship is the practice and training you put into being on a team. Now, I've done extensive research on this, and I've spoken to many different coaches. And not one of them have told me that it's okay for a teammate to be a part of the team if they only show up for practice once a week. If you don't believe me, ask one of our coaches that we have here. The coaches, if you listen to them, if you remember from your own experience of being on a team, active participation and daily engagement and working at the practice of the craft is absolutely imperative. It seems strange of us to think otherwise. Then why, brothers and sisters, would we take and make a different standard for becoming a disciple of Jesus? It's true. A thousand percent conversion or our act of saying no to yourself and saying yes to Jesus is vital. Conversion results in baptism. But our baptisms are not enough. It's not nearly enough. It's like the, the clay being in the hands of the potter and saying, it's fine that I'm your clay, but I don't want to be in your hands. I don't want you to shape me. This year in our church, our theme is beyond belief. Go make disciples. Look it up. It's Matthew 28. It's a familiar verse. We call it the Great Commission. And if you read it carefully... Or even if you just glance at it, you will see that we are not called to make believers. We are called to go and make disciples. And to make disciples, we must become a disciple ourselves. Being a disciple of Jesus means being shaped by God for his purpose. So we've got to put ourselves in the hands of the potter. And that means being on the potter's wheel. It means proximity to our maker. It means being in close contact with our God. It means walking humbly with God, not living a life apart from God. Being in the potter's hands means being close to God. It means being immersed in God's word. That's why we're here. That's our enterprise. This is the practice field. This is where we learn what's needed and necessary so that when called upon, we can perform as our coach expects and as our teammates expect. Look at 
and hope and wish for. Placing ourselves in the potter's hands means also that we are receptive to being shaped, of being taught. We've got to resist and be aware of the reality that it's easy to become crusty, hard of heart, and bake to a crisp. But what if you are? What if you've become crusty and as hard as this dried up piece of clay? Well, you'll recognize the signs if you find that you're increasingly unyielding, lacking in compassion, that you have an attitude of resignation, that you are always right. If you found yourself stubbornly set in your ways and that there's nothing about you that can be changed on this side of your grave, you're not soft clay in the hands of the potter. You've become this. And it's not just true for our individuals. As Jeremiah learns, it's also about the state of our communities, of our nation and our churches. Churches can become hard, rigid, inflexible, fundamentalist in its thinking and in its practice. We're right, you're wrong. We've been shaped, we're done. Some of us in this room have been victims of that kind of an experience. Well, there's good news. God says, if a nation, a person, a church, an individual, a family turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intend to bring upon it. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as the potter has done? Just like the clay in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand. God wants to rework us when we've become misshapen. And the world has shaped us in ways that are not godly. And yet God still wants to be in contact with us, taking what we've become and reshaping it into something else. But this is going to be hard to shape. This is a message of grace. This is a message of forgiveness for those who repent, confessing that what we've become is not what the potter desires. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? If you're not in the potter's hands, then whose hands are you in? Many of us are clay vessels that have become dried up and hardened and tough. And we've heard the good news that God wants to reshape us. But now here's the best news. It's never too late to return to God's hands and be reshaped as God wishes. Our hardened, unteachable, unyielding hearts can be made soft again.
Years ago, I worked with children and youth and had a closet full of all kinds of different arts and crafts supplies. And it never failed. I'd buy clay and I'd leave the bag open. I'd buy clay and, and wouldn't put it to good use and it would become hard, not at all workable. Thinking that it was ruined, I threw it out. Good news is that even the hardest clay can be reformed. This is what I learned that you were to do. You take the bag that's now a rock. In fact, some individuals claim that they had had stone, cold, hard clay that had been hard for 25 years. This is what you do. You take that bag and you fill the bag up with water. You immerse that rock-solid, hardened clay, and you put it in water, and you seal up the bag. Then you take that bag that's now very, very heavy, and you put it in a bucket. Then you fill that bucket up with water, and then you wait. You wait 12 hours. Then you go back, and you open it up, and you begin to see that the outside is beginning to get soft. You're not done yet. No, not, not nearly. You take brushes or, or sticks or even chopsticks and then you begin to drive it down into the clay until it stops and you take it back out you seal it back up and you wait 12 more hours then you go back and you look and you take those same sticks and you drive them farther deeper and deeper into what once was rock you seal it back up you wait another 12 hours you go back you check the water levels you again push the sticks farther and deeper into the rock-hard solid clay so that the moisture can seep down and saturate it. You do this in 12-hour increments until the clay is soft and able to be molded. If you've become stubborn and hard of heart, it's not impossible to become workable clay, but it is a process. I mean, did you sense a theme of the poking, of the prodding, of being immersed in water, of recognizing that it requires intentionality? Discipleship is a process. And regardless of how God finds us, God is willing to rework us. This process of rehabilitation requires a commitment. I mean, it requires help and other people to, to be a part of it. It does require poking and prodding. It does require immersion. At some level, we've all become hardened into that which the world wants. Being a disciple of Jesus means being shaped into a new creation. And I know this because of the potter's grace. And, well, this snowman that I can rework into something new. Let us pray.
God, help us find ourselves in your hands. Do what is necessary to shape us into that which you desire, not ourselves. And God, when we fail and when we become that which you do not wish for us to be, reshape us. Start over within us. Make a new creation within us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.